Uh, three and a half years ago, a uh, unique season was upon us, one that I had never experienced before in my life, one that I hope I never have to live through again in my lifetime. And it was a really hard season when COVID started and the shutdowns happened, and it was challenging to say the least. I think what COVID did in many ways was reveal people's hearts. We got to see some really cool things as people came together and served each other and did, some, did a lot of good. And we saw a lot of good that was really in people as it came out in this season. We also saw a lot of hurt that was just beneath the surface that really came out in some not so pleasant ways necessarily. But I think one of the major things that we saw about the hearts of people in this connected generation and time that we're living in is the need for community. It's the need for connection, the need to be together in person, face to face as everything transitioned online. And, and don't get me wrong, I am so excited for our ability here at Grace to stream our services, church online community. I am so thrilled that you guys are joining us this morning and we have this ability that, that if you're part of our church family and you go on vacation over a Sunday, that you can still stay connected about what we're talking about and still stay plugged in. For those at Heritage Green or, or maybe you're just my parents and want to see your baby boy talk about the Word of God. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. Right? We're, we're so excited that it allows for us to do those kinds of things, but, but that is not a replacement for being in person. It, it can't be. And if we think about it in another context, we know this to be true, right? If I tell my parents that video calling was all they needed to do, they never, never needed to come see their grandkids, you want to take a guess on how that's going to go? <laughs> not good, right? I'm so thankful that, that we can video chat and they can see their grandkids as, as, as they're like five or six hours from here. But if I tried saying, you know, you know we, we can just FaceTime at Thanksgiving, Christmas. We can FaceTime over their birthdays. You don't, you don't need to come see them. We're not going to make any trips to see you guys. They say, like, <laughs> you're cute. We'll see you next weekend, right? Like, that ain't going, that ain't happening, there is something about being together, about face-to-face, that, that it is so crucial to our world today. It's fascinating how even science is figuring this out. They're a, little, they're a little slow sometimes in figuring out some of these things that we know to be true. There was a study done that had two different rooms. They put one person in each room, and they intentionally made one of them kind of angry, kind of upset, and it affected the other person in the other room who had no idea what was going on. Right? There is something about the way we are created, the way that we are designed, that we crave that community, that connection. There's something about this world that we live in that it is built into who we are as, as people. And a few weeks ago, we talked about this idea of community and how we're going to emphasize community over the next year. We're going to do some different things as a church. We're going to do things like our second Sunday summer socials that we've had so far and we're going to emphasize life groups and staying connected in, in community here, here within these walls. Because this is one large group, and it's really hard to know everybody in this, in this room and in this space. So we need those smaller communities to belong to and to know people and, and be known by others. And we're going to talk about community in a variety of different ways through, through this time as we, as we look at God's Word and what God's Word has to say about communities. We're going to walk through the Old Testament and see the community that God set up in the nation of Israel. 
We're going to look at what that, that looks like throughout the Old Testament. In the, the first of the year, we're going to look at a couple of the letters to the communities and in, in the churches in the New Testament that we see. And today we're starting it, we're kicking it off with this sermon series that we've just entitled Cultivating Community. Establishing strong foundations for resilient relationships because the foundation of this is so important. Right? We can build friendships on almost anything, but if the foundation is not set right, then they might not be the right relationships. They might be relationships that don't last. They might be relationships for a period of time, but not withstanding the, t- the test of time. And so we want to make sure that the foundation for our discussion and these conversations over the next few weeks, several weeks and months, have a solid foundation. And to do this, we're going to step back all the way back to the beginning of this book, to Genesis, to the creation account, because what we're going to see is how this is baked in and woven into the fabrics of our world around us. And it starts with the very beginning of creation. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And as he goes on, he creates the the light and the darkness, the sun, the moon, the stars, land, water, the vegetation, the, the livestock, all the animals, everything. And then he gets to mankind. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we read this when, when it came to God creating man. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, over the livestock and all the, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Right? And this is unique about humanity. This is unique about you and me. No other aspect of creation was created in the image of God in the same way that we are. No other aspect of creation was created in the image of God the way we are. But, but what I want us to see from this is, is the first part of it. God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Now, we firmly believe we serve one God. There is one true God. His name is Yahweh. He created everything. So what is this us? What what is this our? What is this, this plurality that we see here? And as we look through scripture, we get this idea of the Trinity, that God exists in three forms, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And what we see from the very beginning of Genesis is that our need for community begins with our Creator, God existed in community within himself. How is this possible? How does this work out that there's one God in three forms? Hopefully one day all of this makes sense. This is something that we wrestle with and we struggle. Our minds can't comprehend the vastness of this amazing truth that we serve one God who exists in three ways. But the beautiful and the crazy thing about this is that every part of God, all three of these different parts, unique parts that are also fully God, are present in creation. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The first aspect of God here that we're introduced to in the creation story is the Spirit of God. In John chapter 1, when we hop over to the, to the New Testament, he mirrors the beginning part of Genesis as he's drawing the reader back to the creation of the world is he has how he starts the gospel account of Jesus Christ in the beginning in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God 
He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. A few verses later, when we jump down to verse 14, we see that John is not just referring to a random word, but he has a very specific understanding of what this word is. In verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This word is not a random word. This word is speaking about Jesus. John is referring to Jesus, God the Son, present at creation, through whom all things were made and have been made that we see in this world around us. All throughout Jesus' ministry, we see Jesus referring to his Father in heaven, God the Father, referring to the Father. And so we see this distinction throughout the Gospels. But in Hebrews, we, we see that even at creation, there was this distinction. Hebrews 1, 1 to 2 says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. So even back in the creation account, God, through his son, there's this distinction that Hebrew point, Hebrews points out was even there in the beginning, created everything that we have. So in the creation account, we have God the Spirit, God the Son, and God the Father all present. And there is this unique and amazing way that God, this one true God, one God, exists in these three forms within himself, experiences this community, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And so it, it seems that this is an aspect that came from our creator into us, that as God exists in community, we too were designed in the image of God to live in community with others. This is in fact what we see when we get the first not good in the creation story. Right? Everything that God makes on every day, the day finishes and God says, it is good creates the light and the darkness, it is good. Creates the land and the waters, it is good. Creates vegetation, it is good. Creates animals, it is good. Creates mankind, humanity, and it is very good. Until we get to Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And so God causes all the animals to come Adam starts naming all the animals, trying to find a helper. Verse 20 says, The man gave, gave, uh, gave names to all the livestock, to all the birds of the heavens, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there is not found a helper fit for him. Cue all the jokes here about how it's never been good for men to be alone, right? How much trouble men can get in when we're alone, right? Don't side-eye anybody here. We don't, we don't need any of that this morning, right? But it's, it's just how we're created, right? It's back to the creation story. This is just who we are. This is how God made us to be. We get in trouble when we're left to our own, right? Okay, maybe not quite. This isn't just about Adam being on his own. This is, this is a deeper theology about humanity, about how we are not designed to be by ourselves. And so God causes this, this sleep to fall over Adam, takes a rib out of his side and creates Eve, creates woman. Adam wakes up and sees her and whoa, man. And we have Adam and Eve. And so many times we look at this story and we see that we are created for more than just being alone. We are created for community. We are created for relationship. And we look at the story and so many times we want to draw this parallel to marriage. 
We read and reference this story in, in, in marriage ceremonies. And, and there is a connection, don't get me wrong, there, there is great community that happens in marriage. Right? You can talk to the other person, you support the other person, you bounce ideas off of, give your spouse a little push when they need a little push, right? There, there is this, this mystery that created in the image of God, I think that we, we replicate in, in his oneness that there is, there is one God existing in three forms that scripture talks about a unity that happens in marriage, that now there is one, but there's still two distinct people, right? You don't lose your identity when you enter this marriage, but there is a oneness in marriage as we, we mirror the oneness of God, and yet he exists in three. There, there's all these amazing parallels that, that, are, that happen in, in this marriage, but mankind was not created to marry, right? We look at Jesus and his life and what he taught in the New Testament authors in the New Testament, and we see that, that mankind was not designed, our purpose, our ultimate goal is not marriage. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 8, it says, to the unmarried and to the widows, I say, it is good for them to remain single as I am. Right? Marriage is good. Marriage is great. It is not an ultimate goal. And what Paul goes on to expand upon here is that those who are single have this amazing opportunity to stay focused on God, to stay focused on the kingdom of God and what God is doing in this world to extend the kingdom of God in this world, to glorify God and make his name known in this world without being distracted. And those who are married we find ourselves distracted. We find ourselves distracted because we have a, a spouse to, to provide for and, and kids to provide for. If, if we have kids, we, we have things of this world that we need to be concerned about because we have a family to support. And so it is not an ultimate goal. Men were not created for marriage. Women were not created for marriage. But we were created and designed for community. And even when we find community in marriage, it's not enough to just have one person. It's not enough just to have one person. If you're single, you even need more than one friend that you share everything with, that encourages you, that, that, that you go to all the time. You need more than one person. We can't do this alone. We were created and designed for relationship, for community, and it can't be just one person. So whether you're single or married, we have got to find a community and people around us to support us, to encourage us, to bounce ideas off of, to share the burdens that we carry we cannot do this alone. It's fascinating how these studies and, and research today is, is verifying this truth. There's a Harvard study that, that studied the um, isolation, loneliness in our world today. And they found that extended periods of isolation and loneliness leads to increased risk of depression, heart disease, and symptoms of PTSD, similar to PTSD. Fascinating how all of that can come just from being isolated and by ourselves. It's just one of the reasons why there's a lot of, a lot of legislation and, and movements trying to get rid of solitary confinement from prisons because of what it does to, the, to, to people at a, at a deep, deep level. 
What's even more fascinating is, is that the inverse is true according to other studies. Those who have lifelong great close friends handle stress better, have a better immune system, and live longer. How in the world is friendship connected to your immune system? Like, this doesn't even make sense, but because God exists within community, within himself, he wove it, he baked it into the foundations of this world as he was creating this place, as he was creating us. There is something that happens on a deep level that impacts us physically when this happens. And yet, we live in a world that is maybe more connected than we've ever been before. But the numbers of people who say they're lonely, they're isolated, has never been higher. Across the board, every demographic possible that you could think of, this is a universal truth that the more connected we are getting, the more lonely we are becoming. And we don't have these friends in our lives. And this is even more important for us as believers, as disciples of Christ, because there's just the reality of this physical world that we live in, as, as we've been talking about, that we need this community, we need these relationships around us. But as disciples of Christ, it is really hard to live in this world, right? I mean, God calls us to a standard of holiness that our world just does not care about. Right? God calls us to, to right living in this world does not care. God calls us to doing the right thing when the world is taking shortcuts and, and trying to get ahead and, and compromising. And, and, and it is hard to live up to what we are called to live to by ourselves. I would say it's impossible. We have got to have this community around us to support us, to encourage us, to be there for us. It's the only way. It's the only way. Liz Bohannon is an author, speaker, founder of Seco Designs, and about 20 years ago, her and her husband and a couple other couple friends of theirs decided to do something a bit, bit unheard of. They bought a plot of land and subdivided it between them, and they built houses there. Now, we're not talking about buying 100 acres and everybody having like 20 or 30 acres apiece. We're talking about like two acres between four or five families. They are right next to each other. And if you think that sounds like fun, you are correct. She talked about how much fun it's been to have dinners together on a very regular basis on their like shared backyard area here. She talked about how great this has been over the last 20 or so years. But she also talked about how they're very intentional about doing the good and the hard together. She said a few years ago, their kids were a bit older, but their next door neighbors just brought home a newborn. And so every now and then, they would be the ones to get up at 2 a.m. to go next door and rock the newborn so that parents could get some sleep. She said her and her husband were uh, not seeing eye to eye on something as sometimes happens in marriage. And they were talking, they were discussing it, but then they decided to go next door and they knocked on the door, they interrupted TV time for their neighbors and they invited them into their conversation and they talked for a couple of hours and they were able to work through it in the, 
in the, this, this community that they've spent years forming. And this, this takes a lot of intentionality. This takes a lot of effort. And, and this is not me saying that you guys should sell your homes and, and move closer to your best friends or anything like that. Though that might be a really cool thing to do, right? But, but to illustrate the need that we have, not just the deep need for community, but the, the importance of community. And to do maybe some strange things to lean into that community. Because at the end of the day, we deeply, deeply, deeply need this community and these people around us. And we're going to be talking about this a lot more over the weeks and the months to come as we talk about this idea of community. We're going to talk about what it is, what it's not, how it unfolds in the Old Testament, how it, it unfolds in our life today. And and I just want to make one other quick comment about this idea of community is as your mind starts rolling and, and maybe some things are coming to mind and maybe your soul is longing for this kind of community or maybe you're considering yourself immensely grateful for having that community in your life right now. But what we're going to see in the weeks to come is how important it is for this immediate community around you to have a shared foundation in Jesus Christ. There's a lot of really good people in this world who don't know Jesus. And there are some good friends I have who, who don't know Jesus, and I value their input deeply, and I value their opinion, and I know they have my back. I know that they have my best interest in mind. But I need to know that they don't just have my best interest in mind for myself's sake, but that they are pushing me to be more like Jesus. And people who do not share this foundation on Jesus Christ just don't get it in the way that we need them to. Please, 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 please hear me. I am not attacking anyone's character or integrity. They are people you need in your life. I hope you have friends in your life who do not believe in Jesus. And I hope you are praying for them to come and experience Jesus and give their life to him because it is life-giving and it is life-changing and it is what they need on a deep level. And I pray that is in your life, but they cannot be the closest people in your community. You need people around you. I need people around me who not just look out for my best interest, but help me grow to be more like Jesus, who help me die to self to live for Christ. And that is absolutely essential because we were designed for community with each other. We were designed for this community with each other. It, it goes back all the way to our creator and how he created us and how he created this world. And we deeply, deeply need this, but we don't just need community with each other, church. We need community with God. And we see this back in the creation account in Genesis also. Genesis chapter 3, the ver first part of verse 8 is fascinating to me. I love this. And it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Right? And that's, that's all that says about it. That's it nonchalantly, like they just heard God coming, like this was no big deal, like this happens on a regular basis. Imagine how cool that would be to hear God coming to you in the cool of the day. Maybe a little bit terrifying, let's be honest, right? That might be a little terrifying, but this was so normal because God created us not just for community with each other, but community with him. 
And when sin came into this world, sin broke that relationship. At the end of the day, that is the devastation of sin. There may be other consequences in other ways, but at the heart and the core, the deepest problem with sin in this world is it separates us from God. And there's nothing we can do to fix it. So God sent his son. God the son came in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ to die on a cross to restore that relationship between us and God. And thanks to his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection three days later, we can now hear God coming to us in the cool of the day. And it looks a little different. It may sound a little different. We still live in a fallen and broken world, but we were designed, we were created not just for community with each other, but for community and relationship with God. And until we find that, until we enter into that relationship with God, something will be off. Something will be missing. So if you've not decided to enter into that relationship with God yet, I don't want you to wait another moment. Please come find myself or someone else here and ask, and and we will be glad to pray with you and talk you through what this looks like and what this means. And as we continue our worship this morning, we are going to continue in celebrating communion together because this thing, this act of communion reminds us and points us to what Christ did on the cross. The bread representing his body broken for us and the cup representing his blood shed for us. So I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to have our time of communion. I'm going to be down here and there'll be others from our prayer team around. And I just want to invite you, if you've not given your life to Christ, to come find us, come talk to us. We're going to allow some space this morning after I pray for you to reflect and hear from the Spirit of God this morning. Speak to your soul and speak to your spirit. And then when you're ready, go ahead and take communion on your own. Father God, we are so grateful for your son and the sacrifice he made on the cross. God, we're grateful for this insight of your word of of scripture into the creation story and the creation narrative that shows us how you exist in community, that shows us how you You wove this need for community into the fabric of this world that we live in. And we see this playing out all around us today. And God, I just pray that we will start realizing our need for this deep community around us. People to support us, encourage us to help carry whatever we're carrying. God, may we deepen our dependence on you and on others. And God, for anyone here today or listening online, tuning on online, I pray, I pray for anyone who doesn't know you yet that they make that decision to enter into that relationship with you that you made possible through your son on the cross. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen.